is a life-changing message by the Reverend Sam Crunchy Ankara. Exodus chapter number 20 and verse number 12. Exodus chapter number 20 and verse number 12. Honor your father and your mother so that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Marode Sekeabatose. Whenever you are occupying any position and any land, I want you to know that it may not be God's end of dealing with you. And that every land in which you are, every position in which you are, there is another land and there is another position. You didn't hear me. Kapo when somebody gives you a gift of 10,000 Ghana cities, the Lord is simply saying to you that it is not a land where you remain. And that if you can just believe him, another gift will come bigger than the 10,000. Because when you are occupying one land, there is always another land which is coming to you. Ayabo Sekeri Andale Bokaya. Clap your hands and say, I receive it. <laughs> Prophesy to somebody and say, there is a better land than where you are occupying now. Tell somebody. No, no, no. She didn't hear you. Tell, tell somebody, there's a better land where you are going. Better than where you are now. I, I, I'm saying to you that there is a better health than the one you are enjoying now. There is a better promotion than the one you have right now. There, there is a better job than the one you... Oh, yes, you... Uh, you didn't hear me. There is a better name than the one you have right now. Oh, I, I don't care. Let me prophesy. There is a better marriage than the one you are inside. Clap your hands and shout that receive it. And, and so, you will honor your mother and your father in the land where he's taking you so that your days will be long. And so, your ability to stay long and enjoy the blessings of God has to do with how much you honor your father and your mother. That is why when somebody lifts up his mouth to insult a father of the land, I know that that person's life is about to be. Which type of mother are we talking about here? We are talking about the Bible kind of a mother. And if I talk about the father, I'm talking about the Bible kind of a father. Because you agree with me that in our days, 21st century, a lot of things have changed. Some women have become the men. So some of the men are not working. It is their wives who go to work. And the men are babysitting. And so please, today, when I say mother and father, define it in your own terms, okay? Maybe for you, the father I'm talking about is actually a mother. And for some of you, the mother I am talking about is actually a father. But you all know that when I talk about mother, I'm talking about Madame Victoria Zida, my biological mother, to whom I'm dedicating this message. Can I have an amen? amen. 
So, so let's, let's define it very well. So I want you to define the father-mother in your own way. In your house, the mother is the father. And then some of you, the father is the mother. It's fine. But when I say honor thy mother and thy father, I'm really talking about the Bible kind of a mother. So let's define the Bible uh, family system. The Bible family system is first of all made up of the man. And then the Bible clearly defines the responsibilities of the man. So every man over here created in God's image, your first responsibility is to help your wife to produce children, number one. So you have every right to sleep with your wife and then uh, uh, introduce the seed. That's, that's your work. Number two, your work is to provide food on the table for your children. You must go to work and work hard and bring money to feed the children. Number three, your responsibility is to give leadership to the house. Leadership. Number four, your work as a father is to show them the law of your God and introduce them to the covenant of your God. It is, it is a must. If you are a man over here and you are not ready to do this, don't think about marrying. There are not plenty married, married, married men over here. So let me talk to you before you get into marriage. Number one, your responsibility is to bring food on the table. Two, to give leadership. Three, to provide food and then to uh, teach them the law of your God. Five, to bring them into the covenant of your God. So if your children are wayward, if children are wayward in the house, the father is to be blamed because there is no leader in the house, there is no father in the house. No compromise. Then the, 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 the father, uh, uh, I've said it, will give leadership. You, you, ah, Jesus Christ. Every time something must be happening to show that there is a leader in the house. It's a father in the house. Now the Bible mother. The Bible mother, her responsibility is to be pregnant and bear four children. And so if a man marries a man, show me who gets pregnant. And if a woman marries a woman, show me who impregnates who. We are trying to change the law of God. But, but there are some things about God, you, you, we won't succeed. And for me, I know I can't fight God and I cannot fight this law, so I submit. Somebody say, I, I, I submit. It's a long time you, you sang that song. I, I pledge my allegiance. I have pledged my allegiance to the Lord. With all my With all There's no loyalty anymore. 21st century, everything is, 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 is changing. It's all right. There are some women. Okay, let me finish with the Bible type of a woman. So number one, yours is to get pregnant. And I prophesy under the sound of my voice. Any daughter of the house, when you marry, you get pregnant. Oh, clap your hands and shout out. It's your biblical mandate. 
Number two responsibility of the woman is to make up the home. Make up the home. Make sure there is always food. Make sure that the house is clean. It is the responsibility of the woman to sew clothings for the children. So all these one add up to making the home. It is the responsibility of the woman to take the child for way and to hospital and to clinic. But if you are the one who works, then the man has to take the children to clinic. Are we, are we talking some sense over here? Because of what use are you as a man? You are sleeping in the house, the woman goes to work, the child has temperature, she closes from work, come to take the child to hospital, and after that cook for you, and they say, didn't you hear the sermon reverence Sam Kranchanka preach? Nuchumaja, we, we all, biblical role. Man is to produce. <laughs> yours, to, yours is to burn and cook and then clean. Remind him quickly that they also said that day that the man is to provide money and put food on the table. Show me how much money you have put on this table. In this case, I have the man's mantle and you have the woman's mantle. I carry the man's anointing even though I'm a woman. And then number three, it is the responsibility of the woman to teach the children because in the first three years of the, of the birth of the child, the biblical mother, the biblical father is not expected to have sexual intercourse with the woman for three years. When the child is going through breastfeeding, you don't touch. You don't touch three years. Three years. We are talking about the Bible mother and the Bible father. There is also a very strong spiritual link between the Bible mother and then the Bible child. You know why? Because the, the mother bears the child in pregnancy for nine solid months. During the nine months, the child is feeding and having nutrition through the systems of the mother. And so there is some bonding and the, the, there is some, some link. It's, it's so strong. After nine months, when the child comes out, it's not the end. The, the child will have to breastfeed for three years, rendering the mother's breast very flat. You, you, do you have to blame this woman? Because the woman is play, just playing her biblical role. She carries the child. She, she breastfeeds the child and some of the, the, the boys are so wicked the way they, they, they drink. Here is one of the reasons for the bonding between the biblical mother and then the child. Uh, the, 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 the mother is at risk at birth. Show me when a mother is at hospital to give birth and the father dies. Usually it is the mother. Pressure is so high. Her sugar level is up. Her health diminishes. Doctors will have to rush her to the hospital to go and do cesarean. Oh, it's not easy. 
I don't want to talk about when the father also runs away from home. And then this woman will have to single-handedly take care of the children. Honor thy mother and thy father so that your days will be long. You, when you treat this Bible mother with, with, with scorn and disrespect, you cut off your life. Cut short your life. And I'm interested in the word honor. The Hebrew word for the word honor is kabod or kabad. Now kabod and kabad mean that something which is weighty. One, two. Wealthy, rich, heavy. Something which is glorious. Something which is magnificent. And so let's introduce the word. You shall honor thy mother and thy father. Thy father and thy mother. You shall kabod and kabad your mother and your father. You shall treat your mother and your father with heavy respect. With heavy glory. You shall bless them with wealth and riches if you have the money. Bless them. Spend upon them. So that your days will be long. Hey, I want to live long. This is it. I'm showing you the secret. So that I want to prosper in the land where God is taking me. This is the secret. You love Proverbs chapter number 30 and verse number 11. Proverbs chapter 30 and verse number 11. There is a generation that curses its father and does not bless its mother. There is a generation. There is a generation that curses their fathers and they don't bless their mothers. Which generation do you belong to? Verse number 12. There is a generation that is pure in its own eyes, yet it is not washed from its filthiness. The message Bible in the verse number 12. Verse 12, Proverbs 30. Don't imagine yourself to be quite presentable when you haven't had a bath in weeks. There is a generation that is filthy. There is a generation that is dirty. There is a generation that does not keep the environment clean. There's a generation whose house and compound are so dirty they bring it to church. There is a generation when they come to church and they drink water and sachet, they drop it in the church building. There is a generation that chews chewing gum and puts it under the chair. There is a generation when they go to the toilet to wash public toilet in church, they mess up the place. There is a generation when they go there and they find toilet roll, they steal and put it in their pocket. There is a generation of people who don't bath. And they just use deodorant to clean their armpit and then spray and they are walking about. There is a generation. Which generation do you belong to? There is a generation of pastors. When they are going to pray for people, they don't put mint in their mouth. And then they go shouting on the people and putting the people off. Instead of casting out demons, they end up casting the people away. There's a generation of pastors. There is a generation of wives who don't correct their husbands when their husbands' mouths are smelling. And then they kiss them. Number one, there are two reasons why they will not be telling their husbands to brush their teeth before sex. Before you have something to do with your wife, brush your teeth. If your wife cannot tell you, it is because, number one, you have been beating her. So she's afraid. Or number two, because she too, her mouth smells. So smelly mouth, smelly mouth, double square. Fair.
Proverbs. Oh, please, please, put the scripture there. Uh, put, the, put the scripture there. Don't imagine yourself to be quite presentable when you haven't brushed your teeth for weeks. Oh, when you haven't washed your panties for days. Oh, I, I'm not sure whether you are seeing what I'm seeing. When you have been wearing one brazier for seven days. Ah, how do you see it? Oh, sing like that, me fair shakoto. They've been teaching you hygiene in school. You will not repent. Now the Bible is teaching you repent. There is a generation that stands by the roadside and they start urinating. There is a generation that goes to our beaches. A kind of assumption. Beach. The beach that other people are making money. The beach that has become a tourist attraction in other countries. We do our own. Early morning. Papa is here. Mama is in the middle. The two children. There is a generation. There is a generation. But now I am speaking to a new generation. That knows how to keep their environment clean. Their church clean. Their houses clean. There is a generation that will teach their children that cleanliness is next to godliness. It's a generation. Verse number 13. Verse 13. Come back to New King James. Come back. You missed the first service. There is a generation. Oh, how lofty are their eyes and their eyelids are lifted up. Verse 14. Verse 14. There is a generation whose teeth are like swords and whose fangs are like knives to devour the poor from the earth and the needy from among men. Message, uh, uh, message Bible uh, for, for, for verse number 14. Don't be greedy, merciless, and cruel as wolves, tearing into the poor and feasting on them, shredding the needy to pieces only to discard them. Verse number 15, New King James. The leech has two daughters. The leech's language is give me, give, 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 give. But there are three things that are never satisfied. Four, never say enough. Three things that never get satisfied. Verse number 16. And take note, I'm going to introduce you to verse number 17. And there is a correlation and a relationship between 17 and 16. And I wanted to watch that one uh, very carefully. So watch number verse 16. There are three things that are never satisfied. The fourth one never says enough. Now, it will go on to say what those three things are. Verse number 17. The eye that mocks his father and scorns obedience to his mother, the ravens of the valley will pick it out and the young eagles will eat it. Very strong King James language. And so at this juncture, I will introduce you to GNT, Good News Translation. If you make fun of your father or despise your mother in her old age, you ought to be eaten by vultures or have your eyes picked out by wild ravens. So, 
It then goes on to tell you those three things that are always crying for more. And then verse number 17 says, when you make fun of your father, when you despise and dishonor your father, the Bible kind of a father, the Bible kind of a mother, when you disrespect them, what you do is that those three things will come after you. Now, I want you to watch those three things in verse number 16, GNT. GNT, verse number 16. The world of the dead, which is the grave. A woman without children, which is barren. A dry ground, that, is, that needs rain, a patched ground. And a burning out fire out of control. Now, when you dishonor your father and your mother, the grave starts looking for you. One. Two. Your ground becomes hard and patched with that rain. You struggle. Number two. You become like a barren woman. And number four. When the fire starts gutting at you, it will devour you without saying, I have had enough. Because you have been cursed from somewhere. I am very worried, however. Does every mother deserve honor? The Bible says, honor thy mother and thy father. Second question. To what extent should we honor thy father and thy mother? Number three. How close and how far should they remain? from you at this juncture i will introduce you to some controversies and then you and your wife go and fight it out you and your fiance go and talk over delve into the message into the word discuss it over and over again and find solutions but i will stop somewhere and i'll revisit this subject on mother's day this year i have told mama rita she must allow me to handle the mother's day because I have a message to share. This kind of a woman, does she deserve honor? How far should I honor this woman? How far, how much of my money and my wealth should I cabo her with? Number one, some mothers are very wicked. If you see the way they talk to their children and the way they treat their children the question you ask is did she really give birth to that did that child stay nine months did she feed that child with her breast milk did she really risk her life then the way this woman this woman came from market and saw that her 20 Ghana cities was lost. 20 Ghana cities. Apparently, uh, she had meant that the family dinner that day was going to be on the 20 Ghana cities. And then called her 11-year-old son and said, yeah, tell me who has taken the money. Mommy, I've never taken the money. You took the money. Mommy, I've never taken the money. The woman then went and plucked iron. And when the iron was heated up, she placed the iron on the boy's body. Speak the truth. Ayah, the guy said, let's me. Mommy, I, I took the money. I took the money. I just got some relief. So the woman said, all right, go and bring the money. Beatings. And then the next house head, and then when they came, wound and scar all over the boy's skin. 
and then they went and reported to Dove Sudan, uh, domestic violence, you know, uh, police. 20 Ghana cities. Number two, some women and some mothers hate their children so much because of the hatred they have for the men who impregnated them and ran away, they pass on the hatred to the children. And they hate the children, especially if you are a boy or you are a girl and you have some small resemblance with, your, with the father in question. You are finished. You are finished. Hatred. Number three, some women are so irresponsible that when it comes to food, I know in some, some houses, when the woman feels like eating egg, fried egg, she will fry one egg, put it in a bread, have tea, the children will have to have dry bread and cocoa. Some houses, some women do that. Some mothers do that. Some fathers do that. Very irresponsible. Number four. Show me how far I must honor this woman. A woman who is verbally abusive and physically abusive. Jesus Christ. Verbally abusive, physically abusive. How much should I love this woman? How much should I honor her? I leave the discussions with you. Some mothers also curse their children. There's a certain woman told her daughter. I had to reverse the curse over here before the woman, oh Jesus, the woman cursed the daughter. You cry until there's no handkerchief to, to clean your face. And the woman came to me and said, so what were you doing when she was cursing? He said, I, I just stood there and I was watching her. I said, hey, you are in trouble. The woman's husband had left for U.S. to go and then settle and come and pick her. For 10 years, no money the woman. Because loads of curses were upon her. After reversing the curse, she was just one day the man appears and said, I'm ready. You and your son, let's go. They are in America right now. Clap your hands and say, any curse, let it fly over. Oh, you are not serious. Say, any curse, from any quarter, mother, father, bloodline, grandmother, great-grandfather, any witch, any wizard, clap your hands and say, by the blood, fly. Some mothers are very lazy. They don't care what their children eat. Number eight, some mothers bewitch their children. Some mothers bewitch. And, then, and if you bewitch you, your, 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 your children, you bewitch them, you bewitch them with what wealth and with what riches and with what money they will cabal you. Which one? And if you are listening to me at home, you better listen and listen well. When you open your mouth, father, mother, you are just cursing your children, abusing them. Number nine, 
There are some parents who can dishonor and disrespect their children big time, especially in the, in, in the presence of their, 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 their children's friends. They, they, they don't act until, until their, their children's friends come around, then they want to show how powerful they are. They can disgrace their children and dishonor their children. And when their children go out, the children's friends will ask, are you sure that that's your mother? Are you sure? Honor thy mother and thy father that your days may be long. Which mother? Which father? You mothers, you are listening to me. You, you are now seeing the label and the, and the descriptions of, of irresponsible and wicked mothers. If you like, go and pass all. Pass these tests and see whether you any of your children will rise up to become somebody and take care of you. You are cursing them, you are abusing them, you are disrespecting them, you are doing all kinds of things. You are young. You better listen and listen very well. You don't like the way your mother treated you. Make up your mind that in church, you will form the attitude so that you repent and do better than your mother and your great-grandmother and your grandfathers. That's, my, that's where I'm getting to right now. That's what I'm getting to right now. One day we closed from school. In those days, Saito school was morning and afternoon. So when you close, you have to come home, eat, and then you go back for the afternoon session. And every afternoon when we came home, my mother would prepare some food uh, already waiting for us. We'll eat, and then we will go back. On this occasion, when we came, uh, I, I don't know, maybe she wasn't feeling well, she had slept, or, you know, she was thinking, when you are poor, you can forget your responsibilities. I'm telling you. And so, suddenly we got home, and then we said, Ima Sefen, uh, Ima Sefen, how do you say Sefen in English? And, and when you are greeting, you greet, you have to go down like this. Ima Sefen, Ima Sefen. You have to greet everybody there. Grandma Sefen, Grand Auntie Sefen, Aye Sefen, Akpaso. You have to greet everybody. Everybody. You have to greet everybody. My mother was in a room and then we just went, in myself, my heart is bad. He said, oh, you are really close. And then we said, yes. And as usual, we were expecting our lunch. There was no food that day. And I saw my mother went to the kitchen. And my mother was just standing there. And then saw some gary. And then pulled the gary. And then she was looking around. And she saw Zomi, palm oil. And then my mother was just thinking, what do I do? She said, crunchy. Go to Aguene. Aguene is the woman selling tomato and onion and fish at the corner. And then my mother said, eh, eh, me tomato. Tomorrow I'll bring the money. She should give me some tomato on credit. Tomorrow I'll bring the money. Hey, what are we going to eat today? So, and then my mother is quickly instructed one person to put the fire on. And so quickly put the fire. When we came back, the zomi was there uh, on the fire. The onions were in the fire. My mother was grinding pepper, pepper, pepper. So I brought the tomatoes. Then my mother put, you know what my mother was going to prepare for us? Gary Foto. Oh, Jesus. Hi. And then she pulled the gary. Then she sprinkled some water on it. And said so she mixed it quick, 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 quick. And she served us. Then I said, Ima, no fish. It kept crunching. But tomorrow, I'll give you fish. Oh. 
responsible woman sharing her poverty with her children. Because we had to go to school. And you know what? What some, some other mother would have done? Some other would have said, Oh, are you here? Go to the kitchen and see if you get some food to eat. So you go to the kitchen, you search, and there's nothing. And you have to go back to the second session. And then you go back to the second session, and then the guy who is sitting in front of you has eaten and has some money, and you can see the money showing up in the pocket. The next thing is that you want to steal the money so that during break time you get something to eat. If you are unlucky that day and they catch you, another thing, they are bringing you to school assembly. I'm a jeweler. So, you see, a very clever and intelligent person, the following day, he doesn't want to go to school. Crunchy, are you not going to school? He has stolen and has been arrested. The future of the boy is finished. Today, after my first service, I brought somebody. I was greeting the first time. And one of our pastors, he is director of Ghana Education Service with master's degree. He comes to introduce to me this man that looks like his father. So I said, ah, Yes, what can I do for you, Pastor? He says, so I just came to introduce my classmate. When we were in school, he was always the first. And I was second. Today, he's alcoholic and a drug addict. And so, he started coming to Royal House Chapel. We started recovering him. And I wanted to introduce him to you. Oh, I wept like a child. The person who was second and third, today he is director of education with a master's degree. Clifford had first class at university. The guy who was chopping him first is alcoholic. Sometimes we feel in life not because we choose to but the linkage the curse the line the house the environment in 1740 Adatex was born. A-D-A Ada. Her surname is Tex. Fa. She was such an alcoholic drunkard. Irresponsible mother. Gave birth to plenty of children with different men. And it was free for all whom. They got pregnant when they wanted. They married when they wanted. Born one, born two, they did. Oh, when you are born in such a house, you need deliverance. 1740. 
Many years, a researcher went looking for the descendants of Adatex, and they found 700 of them, 700 of her descendants. And here are the statistics of the descendants of Adatex. 100 of them were found to be born out of wedlock, just like they are great 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 grandmother wedlock simply means that they were not born into proper marriages their mothers and their fathers went out gave birth to born one born two born one born two born one born two born they could count 100 of them so sometimes when you are not getting married you should find the source the source if you have born into this family, you can imagine the battles you'll be fighting. Now, here's another one. Here's another one. They found 181 of them were living on the streets, homeless. 181 descendants of this woman were homeless, living on the streets in America. One hundred and forty-two of them were beggars. Beggars. Tell them when they give birth to you in some families. Relocate. Find a new family. Find a new house. If your mother has hurt you, your father has hurt you. Bible says honor your mother and father. So the first thing is that we will forgive them. Because our, our success is, is, is not going to be upon them. God will bless us anyway. And when God blesses us, we will take care of them as they deserve. Beggars, one for the two. They were able to locate about 50 of them. And they found them either in prisons or just come out of prisons. 50 of these descendants were prisoners. 76 of them were found on America's record books of criminals. <laughs> when people's names are appearing in the Guinness Book of Records, they are appearing on the criminal list. some questions I will not answer go and debate go and think go and pray through what would you do if your mother slaps your wife in your presence or in your absence your biological mother looks into the face of your wife and gives her a slap in your presence or your absence. What would you do if your biological mother slaps your husband in your presence or in your absence? When I, ask, I pose the question first, hey, then somebody started lecturing. The person said, ah, we have to keep a distance we, we won't go to her again. She must rather come to us. Uh, no, she says, you say, uh, they will not come to, uh, she, will not come she will not visit them again. They will prefer to visit. Oh, I said, that one is free for all. 
Because even in your house, she's slapping. Then let alone now you go into a house. And they're, and they're free. <laughs> so quickly, quickly, she, he saw that he had spoken nonsense. Because I said, go and think about it and pray through. You, you are matching the scripture. Honor thy mother and thy father so that your days may be long. And your mother has just given to your wife during small exchange. <laughs> Mother, 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 honor thy mother and thy father. Kono wala seake. What do you do? What do you do if one day you have gone to work? And then you come back and your wife is crying. <laughs> what is it? Your two sisters, including your mother. No, no, a whole hand will be there. No one will be there to my bashing affair. If I check your hair, the thing where you cook for our our son, where our son makes be like you. Oh, that thing go clear, it go clear, it go clear. Back in the way, all night. What about two in the evening? So now we have an all night. And then you come home and you're What do you do? What would you do? This woman was very active in the church, the local church she was attending in England. So active, the minister really, really respects, respected her and honored her. So one morning, the minister was passing through her house to discuss a program which is up and coming, maybe communion service, and I'm sure that she was the head deacon and so they were going to plan for the communion service. When, when the minister got there, the minister saw one of the 15 children of the woman. The woman had 17 children, two died. And so she was raising 15 of them, one five. And the, the children were playing on the compound. And so the, the minister said, uh, can you call me your mother? Tell your mother, uh, pastor, I am here. And so the uh, mother, uh, the children, uh, the, one of the children said, I'm sorry, uh, you can't speak to my mother every day between 9 and 10. Because between 9 and 10, she is praying. And so you will not be able to see her. And so the minister said, wow. All right, I'll wait for 40 minutes. And so she, the minister sat and waited for 40 solid minutes for the woman to finish praying. When she finished praying and she came out, according to the minister, she saw... That her face was glowing with the glory of God because she was just coming from the presence of God. And, and the minister said, 
Oh, I've been sitting for 40 minutes. I was told that you are in prayer. He says, oh, I'm sorry, sir. I apologize. Um, you know, the moment says, that's fine. Your children tell me it's a daily routine. He says, yes. Daily. Nine to ten. The results of this woman's dedication. She was the mother of John and Charles Wesley. The founders of Methodist Church and the writer of all the hymns that we have been singing. This woman's prayer single-handedly raised them to prominence. They shook the whole of England with the greatest revival that has given birth to one of the most powerful denominations the world over. Mother, stop cursing your children and pray for them. Stop abusing them. Stop hating them because of some wrong decisions that you took in your life. Your children are innocent. One of Charles Wesley's songs that I love. Oh, for red tongues to sing my great redeemer's praise the glories of my God and King the triumphs of his grace the triumphs of his second verse for me. Go! My precious at home or on radio go and be like the mother of Moses the mother of Moses was the one who saved Moses from dying because at that time there was a law that every male born must die but the Bible says when Moses was born she looked at the boy and the boy was goodly looking and said no this boy cannot die she hid Moses for months until by God's providential way, Pharaoh's daughter picks him up on the water. Moses became a deliverer. The producer of the Ten Commandments. The initiator of the first national covenant between God and the nation, Moses. It was a woman who kept when you hear this message, I want you to be like Hannah, Samuel's mother. 
She came to the house of the Lord and said to Eli, I am the woman who stood here three years ago and I was asking for a baby. This is the product and the produce of that faith. I have come to dedicate my son that my son will serve the Lord. And guess what? Around that time, it was God's timetable to shift the priesthood from a particular house to people who were faithful and open and righteous. And someone was going to be the first. Out of the house of Eli to come into the priesthood. He was the one who brought peace to Israel after many years of subjugation and servitude from the Philistines. He was the one who destroyed all the Philistine stronghold. It was a woman. When you live here, I want you to go and be like Rebecca, Jacob's mother, who intervened when the husband Isaac was about to throw God's agenda of salvation for the world into jeopardy. When he was going to hand over the firstborn's right to Esau, but God knew that Esau had the spirit of prostitution and that he would never make a proper lineage. He would upset God's plan and cancel God's plan. And Rebecca knew some way, somehow, that it must be Jacob. But, it, but their father, Isaac, was stubborn and wanted to give it to the firstborn. He said, Jacob, you know what? We need to save humankind. We need to save God's agenda. We need to protect God's agenda and God's line. You know what? You are going to dress like Esau and you are going to speak like Esau and go for the blessing. He said, Mother, but if I do and my father discovers that I am not Esau, he will curse me. And don't forget, the fathers have the power to bless and to curse. The mother said, Go! When he curses you, let the curse come upon me. Because your father is about to make a mistake. And I guarantee you generations after this, will bear me witness that I was right. That you are the lineage. It is out of you that Judah must be born. And out of Judah, David must be born. And out of the house of David must come the Christ. Not your brother. When you hear this message, I want you to receive the spirit. To become a good father and a good mother. Let me close you with this poem that I picked from a Presbyterian journal uh, in America. A journal. The poem says, if you have a smile, it, it, it was published on a Mother's Day. If you have a smile for your mother, give it now. Because if you wait longer, it will be too late to give her the smile. Two, if you have a kindly word, to speak to your mother, speak it now. Because she will not need it when the angels come for her. Number three, if you have a flower in your garden, 
to give to your mother. Pluck that flower now and place it gently on her bosom. Because where she is going, there will be so much flowers, she will not need this one again. Number four, if you have a kiss for your mother, plant the keys gently on her forehead. Because after she leaves this earth, she will have no need of your keys again. That was exactly what my wife and I did for 22 years. Our mother came to stay with us. We plucked the flowers in our garden and we showered it upon her. We cabled her with our wealth and our resources and our money. We provided for her. We made sure that she was comfortable. We gave her the kisses that she needed because we knew that a time will come when we'll kiss her no more. We loved her. And we gave her all the smile. Throughout 22 years, I never heard my mother exchange a word of anger with my wife, nor my children. Never. No argument. No confrontations. I never heard her one day raise her voice to curse my wife, nor the children, nor me. She blessed God for us. No wonder, as soon as she came to live with us, our heavens opened. Ministry began to grow. Suddenly from nowhere, I started receiving national and presidential awards. Doors began to open for me. Speaking in big, big conferences. Buying property, buying land, raising sons. Today, I can stand on this altar and I can say to God's glory that I don't lack. We don't lack. Because there was a woman who came into our life. Her prayer, her blessing have sustained us and sustained our ministry. You should see how our ministry is doing in America and UK. It's amazing. It's amazing. You should see the honor and respect and influence the Lord has given us in this nation. There is a good woman sitting by you. There is a good woman in your life. There is an Obatampa in your life. I pray that the Lord will open your eyes and I pray that you will never miss when you are going to make a selection. Ima, I have given you my tribute and my preaching because on your funeral day, there will be plenty of people to honor you. So me today, I have honored you. Mama Rita and I, thank you so much for what you have done for us. God bless you. And may you live well.
and sings my song, my Savior God to Thee. because your mother died your father died or they are alive but they are not there the Lord will heal you today the Lord will give you a mother that is oh Jesus see whoever has cursed you today clap your hands and say curse get out curse go away curse go away and, 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 and listen you will prosper because God will superimpose upon their curse. The amen was very weak. And then we will go and bless them. And say, you cursed me and said, I will not make it. But this is the blessing. Your parents and your mothers and your uncles and your aunties will apologize to you for whatever they have done. You didn't hear what I said. And let's worship God. Come on, lift up your voice and sing it. Then sing my song. My Savior. Pray, pray, pray. Worship the Lord. Give Him your heart. Lift up your soul. It is our fervent prayer that this message will have an effect on your life and will lift you to the place where you belong. Royal House Chapel International, touching our generation with the power of God. God richly bless you.